says, you have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people. And to the sprinkled blood, which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. All right. So, Lord, I just pray this morning that you would open up your word to us, that you would speak into our hearts, Lord, into um, the wrong beliefs and to the, the wrong mindsets, Lord, and that you would uproot things that need to be uprooted, that you would um, speak exactly into the situations and the things that, that you want to deal with today. We thank you, Holy Spirit. You're the one who leads us into all truth. In Jesus' name. Amen. And so today I'm talking about the difference between condemnation and conviction. Uh, the two are similar but different, very, very different. As a matter of fact, the title for today is Embrace Conviction. Um, and, I, and to some people that might seem like, oh, I don't know if I want to embrace conviction. That almost seems like a little heart, right? But the Bible does talk about being a double-edged sword that goes into the deepest part of a heart and separates you know, soul and marrow, the, the intentions of the heart, the attitudes of the heart, and separates things uh, because inside of us, it's all just kind of mixed together. Right? Like, when you're learning things or going through experiences, you don't go, okay, this one needs to go in the pocket of bad experience so that I can let it go later. <laughs> or oh, this is this is really toxic situation, and it's going to go into the toxic pocket so I can dispose of it later. Like, it's all just... It's all just coming in, right? And sometimes it's like years and decades later where we start going like, oh, wow, that was not okay. That was not normal, right? And so how do we rightly divide? How do we rightly separate and, and realize like, okay, what is God and what's not God? And what is that? Well, it's through the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, right? That's what we said. We, we cannot read the Word of God apart from the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to to rightly lead us and divide and show us, you know, in our lives, okay, this is what it means. This is what it looks like for you. And, and then uh, that's how he leads us into all truth. And so I'm going to read to you a, a few of the differences between condemnation and conviction, okay? And then we're going to talk about how, how to deal with this stuff because a lot of people throw out both. So, so there's always the, the two sides of this ditch, right? And there's one side that is always condemning people because they're so afraid of their mistakes, they're so afraid of their sin, they're so afraid of their behavior that is always condemning everyone and everything that they do and say. And right? Anybody been in that? Okay. And then there's the other side, which is like, oh, just everything's okay. Grace, grace, grace. Remember, it's mercy's new every morning. Anything goes. It's all right. It's all right. You know, like, oh, you didn't feel good. All right. Your feelings got hurt. Yeah, no worries. No worries. D just dismiss it completely. Oh, that's making you uncomfortable. Okay. Just forget about it. We didn't even say it. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's not right either. Right. Because then what, what's producing change? What's producing transformation? You know, I heard, uh, read this pastor said, this is not my words, okay? You know, he said, I'm called to bring comfort to the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. <laughs> I was like, huh, that's hilarious. <laughs> kind of funny and true. But sometimes when you're afflicting the comfortable, you know, not that you're purposely doing that, and they go, oh, I'm done, I'm out of here, you know. And it's like, so we need to learn the difference between condemnation and conviction because one is from God and the other one's from the devil, right? 
But if, if we just put it all in the same, oh, that makes me uncomfortable kind of box, then I'm, I'm never going to be, I'm never going to profit from conviction. And so, Kara's the one that gave me the better title, uh, Embrace Conviction. I thought, you know, how to become uncondemnable. <laughs> She's like, let's try a different one, you know. And so I, I want to read you a few of the differences um, because how it is, okay, so if we're talking about, um, you know, two, two people, like somebody who is giving you some feedback or in somebody who's receiving it, okay, uh, someone could feel very condemned on the other end of it and someone could be saying it very condemning. So there is two sides to this equation, okay? So how it is said and how it is received both play a part in which side it lands on. Because our guilty conscience could accuse and condemn us, okay? So in other words, I could say something really nice and say it very well, and you will still feel condemned, okay? But then I could also say something really rudely or really abruptly, and because you have no guilty conscience, no condemnation, no, no voice of condemnation in your heart, it, it doesn't matter how badly it's said to you, you don't take it bad. You don't feel condemned. Okay? Um, so Judas, right? Ju Judas, uh, he felt condemnation. Judas was condemned, and condemnation leads to death. My dad taught me this like, like about 20 years ago. He said, you know... Condemnation leads to death, but conviction leads to life. And so Judas, you know, he betrayed Jesus right after Jesus had given him bread, right? That's what we just celebrated today, you know, the, the breaking of the bread and that last supper and remembering what Jesus did. And when Jesus handed bread to Judas, you know, that was actually a, uh, an intimate thing. That was saying like, I still love you, you know, even though I know what you're about to do. And so... Judas goes and, and, and betrays Jesus, and what enters him, right, is condemnation from the devil, which leads him to kill himself, right? And, and it accomplishes work because condemnation leads us to death. It's what it's, it's, what it's for. The devil, uh, in uh, 1 Peter 5, 8, says that the devil, your adversary, you know, he is looking whom he, he's roaring like, he's, he's going about like a roaring lion, looking who he may devour. And that word devil is actually uh, the word false accuser. So he's the accuser. He's the false accuser. And the reason why he's falsely accusing is because those of us who are in Christ are no longer under condemnation, Romans 8, 1, right? Therefore, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. So if we are being condemned and accused by the devil by something that we actually did, God says he's falsely accusing us. Why? Because it's not who we are. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so the devil, he's falsely accusing us of things that Jesus forgave us and paid for with his blood. But I just did him. Yeah, I know you just did him, but he also died for all of those things. Okay? I'm not talking about repentance. Repentance is very important. right? Repentance is being able to recognize what I did and go in a different direction. Okay? But how I feel about it and how I receive it, will either lead me to condemnation, which leads me to death, or will lead me to conviction, which leads me to, to life, right, and transformation. And so Judas experienced condemnation, right? He denied Jesus in Matthew 27, and then, 
you know, he went and he felt that condemnation. The devil went and accused him because that's what the devil does. The devil will set you up and then accuse you of it. Like it was the devil that led him to betray Jesus. The Bible says that the devil entered him and he led him to betray Jesus. And then the devil comes back and accuses him of the thing. He doesn't come back and high five you. See, when the devil leads you into sin, he doesn't come and high five you afterwards. He accuses you of it. He's like, oh my gosh, you are the worst. How could you? You know, kicks you while you're down. And that's what leads to death. And that's condemnation, okay? But see, Peter, he, uh, he denied Jesus three times in John 18, right? And then in John 21, Jesus comes back and three times he asks him, Peter, do you love me? Because I know your heart. I really know who you are. Peter, do you love me? Yeah. Peter, do you love me? Right? So he redeemed all the three times he denied him. He's like, okay, I know you love me. So now do this, right? Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Um, but Peter was uh, led by the Holy Spirit, and he was convicted. And that conviction led him to life, and life transformed, right? Because then we know that he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was turned into a completely different person. And that was actually the vengeance of the Lord. The vengeance of the Lord is when God takes things that were meant for evil and turns them around, you know, and kicks the devil in the face with it, right? All right, you use this guy to deny me. Well, I lead him, you know, I convict him of what was wrong. I redeem him, and now I'm going to use him for my glory, okay? And so Judas, condemnation, led him to death. Peter also made a mistake, also denied Jesus, right? And, but he didn't experience death because he was convicted by the Holy Spirit and it led him to transformation, led him to life, okay? Um, when we are under condemnation, it attaches what we did wrong to our identity, see? You are a betrayer. You are a liar. You are a thief. You are a perv. You are this. You are, Right? It's like it's attaching, condemnation attaches the wrong, the mistake, the sin to our identity. And when you are the thing, there's nothing you can do about it because that's who you are. There's no hope in that. This is who I am. That's why the Bible clearly tells us we're no longer sinners. Because if you are a sinner, but you add that little extra line, you know, I'm a sinner, but saved by grace. Well, you're still a sinner. And guess what? Sinners will sin by faith. <laughs> You're no longer a sinner in Christ Jesus. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And if you, and you think, well, I'm a sinner, but I'm also the righteousness of God. Well, you have a multiple personality problem. Because <laughs> you can't be both. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But I sin. Okay, that's what you did. That's not who you are. Just like your house, you know, if there's trash in it, if you forgot to take the trash out this morning, it's just overflowing, and you come back home, and it stinks. You don't burn the house down. I know you want to, but you don't, right? You take the trash out because the trash is not part of the house. Just like your mistakes and sin and, and the things that are being perfected in you are not part of who you are. They're just, it's just what you did. See, and so conviction rightly divides and rightly shows us that's not who you are. That's what you did. That's not who you are. And this is such a key in parenting. 
It is so important in parenting that when we parent our kids, you know, we do it in the same way because this is how God is treating us. In order for us to rise up to the level of righteousness that we are, right, we're, our experience is not fully righteous like Jesus. But in order for us to rise up to that, we need to continue to be calling what we're not as if we were, because in his eyes we are, and by the blood of Jesus we are, until our experience rises up to the level of our identity in him. And it's the same with our children. Our children, we need to call them up to who they are until their behavior matures and changes and is, and is perfected into reflecting more of who God created them to be. Because let's be honest, they don't show it for a long time. <clears throat> Heck, I don't show it. <laughs> right? Like, we're still, like, working these things out. Like, and you have to remember to start telling yourself, like, you tell the truth, and you're better than that. You are better than how you're acting. And, and not just say it, but believe it. Right? We need to believe it. Um, and so, in, under condemnation, our heart, our, guilt, our guilty conscience, or the devil, is accusing us. Okay? In conviction, our spirit of adoption cries, Abba, Father, and is agreeing with God's word. We are better than that. We're better than what we did. I'm better than how I acted. I'm better than, you know, that behavior. Are you with me? So ahead, close your eyes for a moment and say to yourself, I'm better than that. And you know what that means. <laughs> you know what that means, Right? Say, I'm better than that. All right, good, good. You can open your eyes. Okay, the voice of condemnation says you are a thief, you are a liar, okay? The voice of conviction says that's not who you are. You're better than that. The voice of condemnation um, comes from selfishness and fear. So when someone is speaking in a condemning way to you, okay, it comes from selfishness, it comes from fear, right? When a parent, I'll give you an example, when a parent is speaking, you know, condemnation to a kid, it's because they're afraid that they're never going to change, right? There's fear that they're never going to grow out of this horrible behavior. And so therefore, you know, anger comes and it's like, you are the, you are this and you are that. You know, like there's a lot of fear behind that kind of parenting. And so when we are also trying to con condemn when we're condemning people through our words or, or, or things like that, it's because there's fear in us, you know, about their attitude. So we cannot be afraid of their sin and we cannot be afraid of people's mistakes. Jesus wasn't. Jesus was not afraid of people's mistakes. He was not afraid of their messes. But when we are full of fear and we speak from a place of fear, we're going to project and we're going to um, overimpose condemnation on them. Okay, um, um, conviction comes from love, okay? And that's the Holy Spirit. You know, he loves us. He leads us into truth. Uh, conviction is motivated, watch this, to see people upgraded. So if you speak truth into somebody's life, you know, the motivation cannot be fear. It cannot be selfishness. It cannot be for your own selfish motives. It has to be that you want to see them upgraded. You want to see them, you know, and then this kind of obviously goes back with our teaching on, you know, not trying to fix people, but what's the loving thing to do, right? Um, condemnation speaks just criticism, but conviction believes 
the best in people. We need God's eyes, you know, to see people how God sees them. Um, because only then can we speak how God speaks to them. Uh, condemnation believes the worst in people and has no belief in them. It talks down to people. Conviction builds people up. Um, which is really speaking in love. Okay. Now, I, I want to... Maybe you're like, yes, I can, I can see all those things. I identify those things. I, I've felt those things. Okay, this is so, so we understand now, you know, when we're hearing the devil's voice, it's condemnation. Okay, when you're feeling condemned, when you're feeling like put down, when you're feeling afraid, when you're feeling all this stuff, like it's the devil's voice, he's accusing you, and he's, again, setting you up and attaching your identity to what you did wrong. Okay? But the voice of the Holy Spirit is different. The voice of the Holy Spirit is the one that says, no, you're better than that. Okay, that's not who you are. And you can stop your pity party now, and let's move forward. Okay? Okay. Now, I want to talk about how it's received, okay? Because, again, somebody could say everything perfect. Somebody could say everything right or everything wrong. But the receiver is going to determine whether... We feel condemned or we feel convicted, okay? And so, again, it could be perfectly said, but I have a, a voice of condemnation in my heart. And my guilty conscience is condemning me. Therefore, it doesn't matter how well you say anything, I'm going to feel that, that way, okay? And so, um, we can speak the truth in love, and from love, but if the receiver is damaged, it will still lead to condemnation. So it ultimately comes down to us and our heart filter, because we can't be victims of somebody not addressing us the perfect way. Isn't that true? Like, otherwise, that's a lot of what we're seeing nowadays. Oh, he didn't, he didn't say please, so I'm not going to bring him a refill on his drink. It's like, okay, hold on, isn't that your job? Well, I didn't like how you talked to me on the phone, so call again and wait in line for an hour. Customer service today, right? Like, what's going on? <clears throat> when I receive things in, in condemnation, uh, my heart, my guilty conscience accuses me. The devil accuses me. That word devil is falsely accuser, okay? And then all I hear, okay, no matter how anybody says things, all I hear is I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes. There's always something wrong with me. No matter what I do and how hard I try, it's always something wrong. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> right? But we've all been there. Or maybe sometime. Right? Like It's like, wait, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say any of that stuff. Oh, I know, but that's what you mean. How do you know that's what it means? Well, not only is, is there judgment there, right? We've talked about that. But I have a guilty conscience. I have a huge guilt filter. And it's putting me as a victim there, and it's like, ah, okay. When, well, also you hear, uh, you hear stuff like, they don't like me. They're trying to get rid of me. Next time I get called, next time I, I get the, the talk is for something wrong I did again, right? How many of you have, uh, have ever heard like, hey, 
uh, we need to talk, or can I talk to you? And it's like, you immediately go to, I did something wrong again. Right? <laughs> or or how, many, how many get the, uh, <laughs> uh, can I talk to you in the office, right? <laughs> it's like, what did I do? <laughs> what did I do wrong again, right? Or pride rises up and is like, well, who does he think he is to tell me this stuff? Who does she think he is to tell me that stuff, right? And all kinds of crazy judgments and defense mechanisms start coming up and, and stories. Why? Who's doing that? It's a guilty conscience. It's the accuser of the devil, right? He's the one telling you. He's like, oh, that's it. Like, why couldn't you think, come in the office and think, ha, finally getting that promotion, Ooh, we need to talk. Mm, awesome. He probably needs my help for something. Like, why isn't that the voice that we hear? It's because we're listening to the voice of condemnation, you know, because our heart is accusing us of, some, of something. When you, um, when you receive it, like the Holy Spirit would lead us to receive it, it is, as a conviction instead, okay, there is no condemnation in me. So nothing external can make me feel condemned. If there's no condemnation in me, then nothing external can make me feel condemned. Accusations don't land, so I can take responsibility for my mistakes without feeling shame or feeling less than. My identity remains intact no matter what I hear. My identity is not damaged by anything external because the spirit that cries, Abba, Father, has been deposited in me as a child of God, loved, fully loved, and fully accepted. So my identity remains intact no matter what you say to me. Okay? Um, I hear, I'm loved, I'm enough. Oh, I hear, I'm loved enough to be corrected. Wow. Have you ever been corrected by someone and thought, I am so loved, I'm loved enough to be corrected. They took time to pray for me, meet with me, and tell me this stuff. They really must like me. They want to see me grow and get better because they believe I can do better. I mean, hello? Why not, right? I know some of you are thinking, nah, that never happens. Mm -mm, that can't be true. There's the issue. <laughs> By the tape. <laughs> I hear, instead I hear, I'm loved enough to be corrected. They took time to pray for me, to meet with me, to tell me this stuff. They must really like me. They want to see me grow and get better because they believe I can do better. I'm excited for the next time they want to talk to me because it's like getting an upgrade. Woo! Come on. <laughs> Humility says, oh, never mind. Okay. 
So there, there's the two filters, right? One is like, one is already putting you down. No matter what comes through, your heart is accusing you. You live on the kind of man. Like, let's go there real quick. Romans 8. <clears throat> And uh, verse 1 says, so now there is no condemnation for those who, are, who belong to Christ. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to where? To death. So one leads to death, but the other one leads to life. And saying you're no longer under condemnation. God is no, not condemning you anymore. He's not keeping account. He's not keeping a record. He's not looking to punish. He's like... Your whole sin was atoned by the blood of Jesus. And so, let's go over to uh, Hebrews chapter 12, okay? We're going to read that one again. Um, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 24, okay? If you didn't read that before. It says, You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people, and to the sprinkled blood which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. Okay, so, so again, there's, there's the two. There's the blood of Abel uh, that cries out for vengeance, right? If you've ever seen a movie where they go, Oh, his blood is in your hands. What does that mean? Is that means someone is guilty for the blood of the person that died, and they're coming for them. Right? They're coming for vengeance. But the blood of Jesus speaks a better word, a different word. And the blood of Jesus speaks what? Forgiveness. The blood of Jesus technically is in whose hands? Our hands. He died as us. He paid for our sins. But it's not speaking vengeance because that would be condemnation. Right? That would be condemning us. We're guilty of that. Instead, it speaks what? Forgiveness. That's why, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Because all our wrongs have been washed in the blood of Jesus. Therefore, I'm no longer under condemnation for my mistakes, for the sin, for, you know. And again, are we saying go on sinning? Of course not. We're saying that. But what we're saying is as long as we live under the voice of condemnation, we're not going to grow. We're not going to move forward. We're, we're going to continue to be stuck in something that was already paid for. Because in order for us to move forward, we cannot live under the voice of condemnation. You know, actually, if you go uh, to me to 1 John chapter 3, verse 21. 1 John 3, 21. It says, Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence. That means that if we feel guilty, we will not be coming to God with bold confidence. Okay, again, if we don't feel guilty, then we can come to God with bold confidence. And we will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. So how can we come to God with bold confidence without guilt? Because if you feel guilt, if you're under guilt and condemnation, then you're not going to boldly come to God and ask him for anything. 
So how do we advance his kingdom? How do we, you know, move forward? How do we receive the things that God has for us? Well, we can't have guilt. Otherwise, we're not even going to come to him. Like how many times have you felt like, oh, I can't ask God right now for, for anything because I messed up, right? Anybody, right? Well, that's not how he set it up because now we are the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. The blood of Jesus washed us white as snow. So therefore we can come boldly before the throne of grace and we come to him with no guilt so we can ask him for whatever we need. So as long as we live under the voice of guilt and condemnation, we're stuck. We're stuck. We can't grow. We can't receive. We can't we can't receive, we cannot embrace conviction because I feel too guilty. I can't embrace something that is killing me because you got it all mixed up. You're listening to condemnation instead of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> uh, let's go to um, John chapter 16, please. Are you getting something? Yeah. All right, John chapter 16, and we're going to start over in verse 7. I'm going to say this. Um, actually, I'll save that for later. John 16, chapter, uh, chapter 16, verse 7. And we're going to read all the way through 10. Okay, it says, But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. This is Jesus, right? Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. So, I don't know if you've ever been in a trial. You probably watched the movie, The Trial. There's an, there's an advocate, your lawyer, right? And then there's an accuser, someone prosecuting, right? An accused. So the devil, we said the devil is, is the false accuser, right? He's the accuser of the brethren. He's not on your side, okay? The devil is not on your side. How can people worship Satan without even knowing that that's what his name means? So silly to me. Okay. <laughs> He's not on your side. His name says that. He's accusing you. Okay. But in fact, it is best that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. Who's the advocate? Is the Holy Spirit, right? So if, it, if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Okay? Now, this is super important. It says because the Holy Spirit, number one, <clears throat> is the advocate. So the Holy Spirit is on my side. Say, the Holy Spirit's on my side. Okay? And remember, we said, Holy Spirit is the one that convicts us, okay? So condemnation comes from the devil or from the accusing guilty conscience we, we have not get, got rid of, gotten rid of, okay? But conviction comes from the Holy Spirit, okay? And so he's our advocate. He's on our side. And it says, uh, I will send him to you, and when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin. In other words, the Holy Spirit will convict us, not condemn us. That's really important. The Holy Spirit will convict us of sin. Why? Because we need to be able to rightly divide and know what's right and wrong. You know, one of the definitions of sin is missing the mark. How are we going to know if we're missing the mark if nobody's telling us? And we shy away from hearing that we miss the mark because all we hear is the voice of condemnation of the accuser. Okay. 
we grow callous of hearing that was wrong because all we hear is the voice of condemnation because we are under condemnation. But Romans 8.1 says, don't be under condemnation. Nobody under Christ is under condemnation anymore, but yet you live under condemnation. So you just grow, you know, callous of hearing that's wrong and you forget to differentiate like, wait, maybe that's not the devil. Maybe that is the Holy Spirit. Because it is the Holy Spirit that is going to convict us of sin. It's going to be telling you, hey, you're better than that. And we just all mush it all together. Like, ah, it's all, it's all bad. If I don't like to hear that stuff. I don't like to hear that stuff. Because your receiver is damaged. But it's the Holy Spirit that is also speaking to us. Like, hey, you missed the mark there. Hey, you're better than that. And then it says, he doesn't only convict us of sin. This is so powerful right here. It says, and of God's righteousness. So you see how this, this is what I was explaining at the beginning. It says, he, he does tell you you're better than that. And he reminds you who you are and that you're not the bad thing that you did. You are the righteousness of God. You're better than that. And what you did was wrong. Thank you for loving me enough to correct me, for taking the time to tell me this, right? Thank you for, I, you must really like me, Holy Spirit. I know you believe in me and that I can do better. I'm excited for the next time you have something to say, Holy Spirit. Okay. <clears throat> and then it says, in verse... Uh, well, verse 9 says, The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Okay, that's super powerful right there. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in Jesus. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. And then if we go down to verse 13, it says, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. So, when we're walking in lies or we're believing lies, it is the Holy Spirit that will lead us into all truth. So the Holy Spirit comes and not just, and the Holy Spirit doesn't just go, that was wrong. You're better than that. No. He reminds you who you are. He tells you you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And, right? And it says that he will, uh, he will tell us of things to come. And then it says, um, he will guide us into truth. So he doesn't just expose the lie. He doesn't just uproot the things that need to be uprooted. He doesn't just show us what's wrong, but he tells you how to replace that. He tells you what to put instead. He tells you what is the truth about that situation so that we can walk in truth. So our heart will condemn us and we'll be more tuned to the voice of the accuser if we're condemnable. So how do we become uncondemnable? <laughs> because if I'm uncondemnable, then I can grow. I can take feedback. 
I can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. I can hear the voice of people around me and not get offended. And I can walk towards life and not death. It's like we want to know, but we don't. Like I want to know how to get better, but, but maybe I don't. It's too hard for me. Why is it so hard? Because you are under condemnation. Because you're listening to the voice of the accuser. Because your heart is accusing you. Because your guilty conscience is accusing you. Because you have not yet fully believed that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That you're fully loved and fully accepted. Not because of what you did, but because of what Jesus did for you. Because you received the gift of righteousness when you received Jesus in your heart. See, when you know that your identity and your value is untouchable, then you're totally fine hearing feedback, being convicted by the Holy Spirit, and listening to His voice, and changing things in your life. See, we don't have a guilt and um, uh, we don't have a guilt issue. We have a responsibility issue mixed with pride. We don't have a guilt issue, right? Or a blaming issue. Because that's what people do, right? When they feel bad about something they did, they blame others, and they feel guilty. And they have a party. A pity one. Right? And it's weeks. Oh, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that. I can't believe that. <clears throat> Can I share something with you guys? I um, Last week... I had a pity party. <laughs> oh my God. So, so this is what happened, okay? This is what happened. <sighs> Listen, if I'm going to be vulnerable, I can't have you making fun of me, okay? <laughs> so last week, I was right here, and I, I get up at the end of service, you know, after Troy Brewer finishes, and I said, um, and, it, and it was like, I don't know, I was like looking at the time and everything, and I'm like, oh, we have another service, and, you know, and I said, I said, all right, and we need all of you to, if you don't need prayer, I said, we need you to leave, you know, <laughs> and then everybody just like, whoosh, whoosh, and I'm like, oh, well, wait, that's not what I meant, you know, like, and so when I got home, you know, um, the Holy Spirit, aka Pastor Kara, She told me, she's like, that was a little abrupt. And I was like, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I did that. I can only imagine what all the new visitors thought. Oh my gosh, I am the worst. And I said, you know, like, I can't believe it, you know. And I, and I was on that. I mean, Katie could tell you, don't tell him. You know? I was, it was like for at least an hour or two that I was like down. I was like. You know, I'm trying to build people, and here I'm telling them, leave the church, leave the church. That's probably in their subconscious now. Like, they're all thinking, hey, he doesn't want us here. Just don't come back, you know? I was, thank you, I know. You're, you're unoffendable. And so, you know, but we can have these pity parties sometimes, and just like, and it's not profiting us anything, you know? It's not like, 
it's not doing us any good. We're just like wallowing in our, and it's, it's like just the devil trying to accuse us, right? And he was having a party with me. He was accusing me. He was like, yeah, I can't believe you say that. You're so dumb, you know. Yeah, here, build the church and tell him to leave, huh? And he was like making fun of me, like dancing all over my head. Like I was like, man, finally got free from that, you know. But uh, but it happens to us, and we will do these things, and and then like be under that voice of condemnation, and then we can't get out of that hole, you know. That's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convicts us of truth, and He tells us that's not who you are. You know, you're better than that. And you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and let's move forward. Embrace conviction. How do I embrace conviction? I can't have pride if I'm going to embrace conviction, right? Because if I want that double-edged sword to come in and rightly divide and tell me, that's not part of your identity, that's something you did, that's something you learned, that's something you grew up with, but that's not who you are, I need to, I need to embrace conviction. You know, something about beautiful about conviction is that it's a sign that you actually hear the voice of God. You actually hear the tender whisper of the Holy Spirit. It's conviction. It's like, thank you, God. You know? Thank you, God. Uh, And I read verse 13. Yes, I read verse 13. Okay. Um, Conviction is a gift from the Holy Spirit. He leads us. We cannot treat it as a negative and dismiss it. Otherwise, we'll end up, you know, what um, Matthew 24, 12 says that. Uh, let's just read that, Matthew 24, 12. If, if we don't learn to differentiate condemnation from conviction, we will just throw it all out together. Because nobody likes to hear negative stuff. But when you're fully loved and you're fully accepted, and you know it's the voice of the Holy Spirit, then you, you allow it to go in. It hurts good. It's like, oh, okay. I got it. You know? Like when Dr. Matt cracks your back, you know? You're like, oh, thank you. I needed that. What is it? Alignment, right? <laughs> you owe me $1,000. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Matthew 24, verse, uh, verse 12, it says, Sin will be rampant everywhere, or wickedness will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold, or will, uh, wax cold, you know, wax cold. And, uh, and um, if you've ever put your finger in, in hot wax, right, what happens? Like, Well, it burns. But then uh, it burns because you, you feel. But then if you keep putting it in, it's... You feel less, and you feel less, and you feel less. Why? Because each layer of wax, you know, is now causing you to not feel anything. It's desensitizing. Thank you, Nick. Oh, man, I've missed you. Thank you. (laughs) Desensitizing, you know. And that's what can happen to our heart, you know. And so weakness grows rampant. People, you know, are like, oh, grace, grace, incorrectly understanding grace. And they start calling good, evil, and evil, good, and then they no longer know. They just don't like to hear anything negative. So they miss when the Holy Spirit is actually saying, hey, 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 because they just shut it all down. And so first, 
we do need to remove that voice of condemnation because we are in Christ. We are the righteousness of Christ of God, uh, righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We, that's our gift that Jesus gave us when we accept it in our heart. That's the gift that He gives that we are now His righteousness, and that we're fully loved and fully accepted. Because when I know that, nothing can affect my identity and my value and how much God loves me. Then I'm not gonna have to blame and feel guilty, and have a pity party about it. Instead, I'm going to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit say, is this the Holy Spirit speaking? Okay. And embrace that conviction and say, okay. Now that I know that, I won't do that again. I always say something that offends people. Um, And so I want to make sure I don't leave that opportunity out today. Because it's not to offend anybody, you know. It's just to give you an example. But this example could be a little controversial. And so, you know, I, um, I'm just going to tell you our story, okay, and how I grew up. And then, because this will be an exercise for you to hear either condemnation or conviction. And you're either going to shut it all out and be like, ah, no, 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 no. <laughs> you're like, what? Or, you know, you can say, all right, you know, what, Holy Spirit, what do you have to say about this? Is this you? What are you saying? You know? And so when, when I grew up, you know, we grew up in a Baptist home and um, very religious. And it was just like, we just went through the motions, you know. We, we did religion. We went to church, loved church, you know, loved the word, all that. And then we... Um, um, uh, and we and and we celebrated Halloween. We dressed up for Halloween. You're like, oh, I know where this is going. Don't shut me down. <laughs> all right. And we dressed as Dracula's and all this stuff. Oh. Then my parents got filled with the Holy Spirit, and they did, and and not saying that they were perfect or anything like that. But you know, we started learning things, and we discovered like, oh man, Halloween's a pretty dark day. Like, what good is in it? Okay. The Bible says, do not participate in, you know the darkness, you know, fruitless works and all these things. So my parents started learning. They're like, all right, we're not celebrating Halloween anymore. You know, we don't like it. We learned about all the things that happen. It's almost like the devil's day, and it's all bad, all bad, all bad, all bad. Like, okay. So, you know, we, we stopped celebrating Halloween. See, you have a whole year to pray about this thing now because it's past. So... We don't care what you did, you know, we don't care what, what you do, you know, again, we're not judging anyone, neither am I or anything, you know, but when we know stuff, you know, so don't go like this, la, 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 I don't want to know, when you know stuff, then you're responsible for what you know, you know, that's, it's like, the Bible tells us like, you know, when we didn't know what was wrong, we were not guilty of it, but when the law came, then we were responsible for knowing and for doing those things and going against it. And so anyways, when we learned about that, we're like, ah, yeah, we don't want to participate in that, okay? Um, and so for us and our kids, we don't celebrate it. We don't celebrate Halloween, you know, we don't, we don't dress up any scary. And mostly to me, it comes down to this. It's promoting fear. Do I like fear? I hate fear. It's promoting horror. And people take it way too far now. Like you see all kinds of really gory stuff. And that stuff should never become normal. You know, and so 
So we don't celebrate it, okay? And um, I think we even went to a, a Christian version of this, like when Caden was like two. And even there, she's, she was traumatized because she saw somebody dressed really scary and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know if I want that in my kids' hearts. Like, you know, here's a killer. Ha, oh, he's funny. He's a murderer. A killer killer. It's like, and so we don't celebrate it because we've had a conviction from the Holy Spirit that says, hey, you don't need to. Like, you don't need to participate in that. Like, that's, now there's some people that have really great outreaches, and that's, you know, that's their time to evangelize, and that's great, you know? That's how they're a light to the world. That's great. There's some people that, like, you know, have candies, and they talk to people. And I know people, you know, people that I'm friends with that use that for huge outreach time. And they're doing prophetic evangelism, and people coming to their door, and they're giving out words of knowledge, and they, that's amazing, Okay? And so we all need to each just know and say, okay, Holy Spirit, you know, what am I doing? Like, I didn't know about this. I didn't know this is like a day, a huge day for animal sacrifices and in some parts of the world for child. I don't know if I should say that, but you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. And like, so do I want to be part of that? I don't think so. I think we're going to stay home and just watch a family movie and... Pretend isn't happening, right? Uh, how are you doing? <laughs> right? But then again, there's people that just don't know. And if they don't know, they're not accountable for it. And so we're not going to go passing judgment and condemning other people because they went out trick-or-treating. We're not going to do that. Of course not. It's wrong. All I need to do is I need to be responsible for the voice of the Holy Spirit in my life. Because this is where also, you know, people get offended. Well, we celebrated it, you know. And all my pictures of my costumes are on Facebook. And everybody's going to see them. Well, that's why we just had a whole series on judgment. Because the only way to be the full body of Christ and be family, and not start coming up with divisions and all that kind of stuff, is with what? Just being responsible for what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. Right? Because if I'm not, I'm going to be pointing the finger at everybody who did something against what my conviction was. Now, are there things in the Bible that are black and white that are like, absolutely? Yes, there is. You can't ignore that. You can't be like, well, Holy Spirit hasn't told me to stop drinking and, you know, to get wasted every weekend. And Holy Spirit hasn't told me to stop doing drugs, so I'm just not going to. Okay. You see, that, that callousness can get in us because we don't like to hear and we don't welcome and embrace conviction. We can't even receive feedback from someone because it's like, oh. you got to switch your mind over to the other side, you know, receive conviction. Because conviction leads to life. It leads to growth. It leads to transformation. It leads to like, ah, thank you for that. You know? You must love me so much that you took the time to pray and to meet with me and say those things. You must really believe I'm worth it. 